Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alt Left, episode 46. Your favorite podcast to be judged and rated on its name alone. With me, as always, is Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And evening out the scores, the good Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. So, um, bad and or good news for Democrats. Uh, Andrew Yang has had some news this week. He has launched a book. It's called Forward, and it is his newest attempt to make a whole bunch of money off uh, liberals. And he couldn't be happier. He's been making the rounds. He's been on the news. Uh, everywhere he goes, he is peddling this new book. Um, and the best way to peddle this new book um, as a good publicity stunt was to make a start a political party with the same name to sell more books. It's, the it's a board party. Move. Yay. Yep. Yeah. Surprise. I've already signed name. up. I don't know about you. <laughs> ah, what a great, great, great example of doing the right thing for the absolute worst reasons. Right. And I got to tell you, I don't like agreeing with MSNBC uh, because let's just face it. They're just DNC Fox News. That's all they've become now. Oh, yeah. And there are people on MSNBC I still respect. You know, again, I, I do actually respect Rachel Maddow as a reporter, but even she's lost a lot of her integrity because all she does is blow Biden and Harris all day long. Well, that's just it. Like, is she really a reporter anymore? She's like a propagandist. Now, yeah, she, she was a reporter. She's now yeah. a propagandist for, for the great glorious state of the Democratic Party. That is absolutely true. <laughs> um, I, I agree. Mean, like, I get, I get where you're coming from. Like, as a journalist, she's got some legit chops. Yeah, she's got really good background. And again, was for many years, unfortunately. She's older as old. And I get it. She's making a whole bunch of money and is a household name. Like, I get it. Sell your books, make your millions, do your thing. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to talk a little shit now because it's far, it's easy to look at anyone and say like, oh, they made some money by selling out. Well, who cares? But it's like, it's worse when it's someone who had integrity to begin with. I don't care if some Joe Schmo off the street, you know, like Don Lemon, right? Don Lemon wrote a book and literally used his entire CNN broadcasting time to constantly peddle his book for like a year. It was, it was sham wow levels of, of shameless plugging. It was bad, but it's like, okay, who the fuck is Don Lemon? I don't know. He's some fucking TV reporter. Like he's no one. It's fine. But it's like, when you see someone like Rachel Maddow, someone who actually like came up through the ranks as a Rhodes scholar, like you're supposed to be one of the good guys. And all you've done is turn into a Pelosi stooge. And that, that sucks. It sucks when someone who's good uh, sells out. I, I kind of see this as a bit of what Yang is doing. And I don't mean to put Yang and Maddow in the same in the same boat because uh, I've got far more respect for Maddow's past. But Yang isn't a bad dude, you know? He's, he's an entrepreneur and he made some money and he's pretty liberal. Um, he's the one who brought uh, UBI into the conversation. Now, was that something he truly believes in? Or was that a way to get people into the Yang gang? He became a one-issue candidate over it. And that's a really good way to get your name out there. And it's it's becoming more obvious to me, at least, that Yang is just making political moves to cash in. Oh, yeah. yeah that's what it definitely seems like to me. 
you know, I think there's an argument to be made, though, that he does believe in UBI because, again, like, maybe no politician I, would, I don't would know, touch man. that beforehand. Like, but that was like a political, that was that, that issue was political suicide. Like, that was a big gamble for somebody that was just trying to pick a one issue to, to write a coattails on because there's no evidence that it was going to succeed. He was picking UBI, I think, because he, he thought that that was where he was going to garner a whole lot of support. He picked it because he thought, because uh, this guy is smart. Don't think that he is is political genius here, but he's smart. He gets it. Oh, yeah. And that's what he latched onto. It's the same thing with this book. You know, he's he started his political party. It's got the same name as his book. He's writing this all the way to the bank. I was just looking online, and, you know, I'm finding it very hard to find a, uh, a party platform website for Forward. Well, that's kind of where I was going with the MSNBC yeah. thing because they wrote an article and they literally said his party's directionless. And again, yeah. I know that this is a propaganda machine for the DNC. So no matter how good it is, they have to trash it. But their article was actually pretty spot on. It's like, what does he stand for other than buy my book? And he stands for some election reform. That's it. And it's like he's turning into a one-party candidate all over again. And usually, you know, if you would ask me this, uh, two, three, four years ago, right? I would have disagreed with Kay. I would have said, no, no, he, he's, he's got math to back up his UBI. Like he's, and I don't mean that because of his buttons. Like literally the guy actually had credible economists, you know, working on this with him. And, and it's like, okay, he's actually seeing the light here on this one. But it's like everything since then has turned me around towards Kay's position where I haven't seen him do anything that wasn't a name recognition or cash grab because since then he had that run for president. He then ran for president again, but actually had no intention of winning it. He was raising money and getting his name out there. And then as yeah, soon he as he was like $40 million and then disappeared. Well, he resigned uh, along That's with my the other democratic front runners to appease the DNC. This guy who wants to shove a knife into the back of the DNC did this. He, he did the Biden pullout. To give Biden the bump against Bernie, he participated in that, and then he goes to New York and makes this big thing about I'm a New Yorker now, which it's a way to get a third of the country immediately to like you because mm-hmm. the country is filled with either fucking New Yorkers or people who think New York is awesome, which I don't have a problem with New York. I actually have been to New York several times. I think it's great, um, but for some reason it is it is a flag waving fucking celebration move. I don't know. The point is Yang went to New York, made a big fucking stink about it, got his name in the papers again, and then he launches a book and does a political party stint and talks about really vague shit like, well, gerrymandering's bad and, you know, we need to have a third party so we're not so polarized. We need to have, you know, the, what's the voting called? Um, uh, Ranked voting. He wants a ranked voting system. Yeah, ranked choice voting. These are good ideas, right? Like ranked voting system, open primaries, third parties. I can get behind this, but that's again, that's all he cares about. It's all he's talking about. Where are you on fucking foreign policy, Yang? Where are you on domestic policy? How are you on economics? How do you feel about the minimum wage in UBI? Do you still stand for that? You don't talk about it anymore. How do you feel about police brutality? How do you feel about a woman's right to choose? How do you feel about fucking gay rights? How do you feel about anything? And it's like, nope, nope, UBI. Uh, ranked voting, it'll be great. Buy my book. That's all it is. It's it's all fluff, no meat. He actually he did an interview on Good Morning America that really I've seen a couple things he's done. It's all fluff, but the Good Morning America one is the one that caught my eye. Uh, I watched like five of them today, 
And this is the one that really stuck out to me. And when people are asking, the guy asked him what he did. And he, here's a quote from him. He said, we're at a civil war levels of political stress. And it's manifesting as violence in our streets. That quote really got under my skin. Because not only does it sound like something to make grandma feel better. Like, oh, we're too divided and people are angry. and We should stop being angry. What violence is he talking about? Because if you're talking about current political violence, there's only three things, right? There's the violence of police to people of color uh, and to protesters who think that violence against people of color is a bad thing. Uh, there's the violence of the alt-right who carry out fascist insurrections and lynch mobs. I mean, look at Ahmaud Aubrey, still going on. And then what I'm assuming is what he's actually referring to is the violence of minor property destruction. That's the violence in the street. So it's like, but you don't talk about police violence and you sure as shit aren't saying a single word about insurrections. So it leads me to believe you don't like people putting a brick through a window to stop the killing, I'm assuming. And it's like, if that's your stance, how are you different than every other fucking Democrat? I don't think it actually goes even that deep, to be honest. I think that it is simply it's a rhetoric. talking point for him. Yeah, it is rhetoric. I don't think that he is concerned about any actual violence in the streets, but it sounds good. It sounds like he cares. It sounds like he has something to say. And he keeps like in the interviews. Well, it's, hard, watched, it's hard to pull that out of context and go at him with it. Right. Correct. Yeah. But, but he keeps repeating the exact same things over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over. Did you, and did it's you, wait, just you saw the, the same, same ones I did, right? I did. I saw the, that ABC good morning America, um, I was watching the uh, interview he did with the Young Turks, and and well, did you did you notice that he can't stop repeating the phrase "We have to bring the temperature down"? Yeah, the temperature down. We have to bring the temperature of America down. So he's not interested in any kind of change or revolutionary policies. No, he he just he he's doing this as publicity for his book, and while he's not talking about his book in the interviews. That's the whole point. That's why he's doing these interviews. That's why it's, I'm starting a new party platform, but I don't have a fucking website. Yeah, like, all he has hard, is buzzwords. How hard, how hard would it have been? He's got plenty of fucking money for him to, to hire a web developer to slap some shit down, buy a fucking, you know, a, an address, and and have something to point people towards. But he doesn't even have that. No, He has remember, we, literally nothing except for these interviews and this book that he's touting. We interviewed Joel Van Tresca. Yep. yep. California guy who's right, who was running for governor in a doomed campaign, right, against an incumbent oh, yeah. who couldn't fucking lose. He's got no money, no staff, like him and his brother running. I mean, dude's an airport controller in the Bay Area. He does not have millions of dollars, nor does he have hundreds of staffers. And he was able to pull out a cogent, good, clean website where we pulled up, looked at it. I knew what his platform was. We got his ass on the show. He has been 10 times more competent in getting that message out than Andrew Yang is. Ex-presidential candidate, millionaire, man with a staff. And that's the reason why I simply believe that Andrew Yang is talking about these things, not because he cares about anything else, but selling his book. Yep. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. The the only point I was making was that uh, uh, on UBI, I have no problem believing that he is a believer in UBI who is also using that belief to further his own ends, not because he actually wants to see it instituted. 
Like, yeah. like I, yeah. I think you can be I'll for a cause that. and be like, well, let's see, I can really be a champion for this cause and fight to make it happen, or I can use it as a platform to lift myself up. And I think Andrew Yang is choosing the latter. Yeah, I guess. Uh, again, I, I would have. Now I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I would have been easy to believe that a few years ago. But the fact the guy's been nothing but a self-serving, ego-driven, fucking greed hole makes me go, well, I don't, I don't know that he ever cared about this shit. Well, and I don't know that we've actually even heard from him since the most recent failed run for president. Like, say he ran no, for he president. Pop, no, he pops up regularly in, in the news yeah. cycle. Does, does like he, that? though? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but, yeah. He puts out statements. He tweets. Okay. I mean, he, he's out there. He talks. He doesn't take strong stances on shit, though. He is he is the monorail guy from The Simpsons. He is coming out here to do a song and a dance, and he's going to say a bunch of words that sound really good. It's all buzzwords. We yeah. need to bring the temperature down. There's too much political stress. And I want voting. It's like, again, his, his ranked voting in open primaries is his new UBI. Because awesome. you notice he doesn't talk about UBI anymore? No. He's pivoted. He just picked a new, okay, what can I put out there that is both revolutionary but hard to hate? And he found it, and he's just gunning for it. Well, and he, he quotes, you know, 60% of, uh, or 62% of voters want a new party. And it's like, well, but what does that demographic actually look like? Is that, is that does that 60, is that 62% of people made up of mostly democrats is it made up of mostly republicans or is it a healthy mix of the two which is more likely if a healthy mix of the two they're not going to want one single party well, they're going to need multiple parties let's just say it's 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 halfway right let's say it's 30 yeah. percent are are democratic leaning people who want a new party okay yeah. you think Though those 30% of votes are just going to go to you. No, most people vote Democrat right. because they don't think anyone else can win. And they're stuck. At, and it's like you coming out. It's like, again, I think there could have been a possibility for this. Um, I, I think if he hadn't destroyed himself, Trump could have done this on the right. And I absolutely think Bernie Sanders and AOC could have teamed up. The, the, yeah. the, the, the squad in Bernie could have left the DNC and started a progressive party. And that actually would have fucked the Democrats over big oh, yeah. time. Um, that would have actually gotten votes and that would have gotten, um, that would have gained momentum over time because they have the star power. Andrew Yang, what does he fucking have? He's got nothing. He's got buzzwords and a handful of people who don't want to work. And I hate doing that. Like I hate saying that shit, but let's be fair. Most of the people who were depressed over Andrew Yang and to this day are still giant followers of him are actually the the tiny percentage of lazy assholes the Republicans tell us everyone is on the left. Sure. Because the, the you, it, it's a failed promise and he doesn't even back it up anymore. So even if Matt's right, right? Let's say that, that Andrew Yang is 100%, was 100% a, a strong believer in UBI, a true believer, right? Yeah. How come he doesn't talk about it anymore? So if he did, he doesn't anymore. It's not a priority for him. Mm -hmm. Now, now, now he's the thermostat technician who wants to bring the temperature down everywhere. It's like that's <laughs> nothing. Nothing screams fucking revolution to me like chamomile tea and bringing down the temperature of a room. It's like how are you going to start a political party when your entire platform is, "Hey, I'm a wet blanket." <laughs> and, and and what's sad about this is on almost everything he brings up, he's right. Like he's right about us needing a third party. Mm -hmm. He's right 
about people wanting a third party. He's right about a lot of this stuff. There's so much he says that I agree with, but like they said before, it's, it's very much surface level. He doesn't commit. And it's, it, he always adds an element of vagueness because like, like you guys were saying, I, I do believe he's trying to, he has recognized what most of us has, who've been paying attention have recognized. There is a demand for something other than the status quo. On both sides. It, it isn't just from Democrats or Republicans. It's it's from the left, the right, and the center. People are tired of this two-party system. People are tired of, of news media giving us little propaganda and bullshit and twisting things to fit a narrative. And they're clamoring for something more. And he's trying to tap into that. And I think that people are rightly clamoring for something more. And if there, there are so many people that I think, like Chris was saying, would have been better for this. I'm sad that it's Andrew Yang that's getting the spotlight because I think at the end of this, he will sell his book. And you're right. I do agree. He will eventually just let this one die and it'll just be another thing he did one time. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll probably write a book about that too. Yeah, a- absolutely. But uh, again, like he's like, yeah, I, I, I agree with the fluff pieces he's saying. I wish he believed in them and I wish it was someone other than Yang doing it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that leads us to what I think we need to talk about in, the, in a broader sense here is why why we need third part, third, fourth, fifth, sixth parties. Multi, we need a multi-party system. Why we can't ever get it. I think one of the biggest things, at least on the left, I don't, I don't engage with right-wingers on this topic too much, but I'm, I'm going to take a shot in the wind here and say it's the same reason that left people on the left don't vote third party. It's this idea of voting for the winner. Mm-hmm. People in America are obsessed with it. They will not back a horse they don't think can win. And I think, you know, there's there's other elements too. I, I know with with this election cycle, one of the main talking points was we got to stop Trump. We got to stop Trump. We got to stop Trump. And one of the points we've raised constantly here is, is there's, there's always a boogeyman. That, that thing. It's either third parties won't win. Or we got to stop the other guy. And, and that I have heard a lot from the right, too, is, you know, of course, the right will paint any, you know, center right corporate dem that gets put up for president as this leftist socialist extremist that's going to ruin the country and make us communists. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the, the Joe Biden ads? We're like, if Biden's president, the cops are going to come and steal all your flags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish that we got the candidate yeah. that the right painted. Yeah. 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 And that's that demonizing is all they've got. And so but no one has the balls to go with it. Well, and so so here's something that we got to put out there. Then then there's these are the two main fears, right? It's always the boogeyman and this unwillingness to back a horse. I, I, I can't help people with a boogeyman. There's always going to be a scary guy running for election at some point the suffering that's being caused by this constant switching of a right-wing fascist and a center-right corporate dem is going to have to be greater than the fear that is generated by the new boogeyman that we have to fight. And that's really what's going to have to happen. That's the only thing I think that's going to stop it. And I don't think we're there yet. And I I don't think, I think it's coming. I think maybe in the next two or three presidential election cycles, it'll happen. Maybe even quicker than that. Who knows? Yeah. Let's focus on the winner part of it. To anyone that is making some form of the argument, oh, third parties aren't viable, or I voted for the lesser of two evils because in our in our system, that's the only viable option. No, it's fucking not. One of those two options is most likely going to be a winner. 
But if everybody in this country finally wakes up to the idea that we have a fucking choice, that we don't have to just constantly pick the lesser of two evils, there is enough people that feel this way that you could at least start hamstringing one of the parties. And then once you do that, once they lose because of this, you've got power. You now can force that party to work with you and start passing the legislation you want done because they can't fucking win without your votes. And that's how democracy is supposed to work. And it's the same is true on the right. The problem is the right has a better job of coalescing around their leaders. They do. And I use the term leader, you know, loosely here. But I mean, this, the quote unquote civil war that we were seeing on the right was barely a whimper. It was barely a flame. You know, Trump became president and, and most of the right was just kind of like, nope, this is what we're going for now. And yeah. once he won, that mm -hmm. was it. As soon as he won, it didn't matter how many people you got joining up for the Lincoln Project. They were a drop in the bucket compared to the right way, uh, to the conservative elector, electoral base. And all of them decided that the fascist racist dictator is the one they want to put their money on. The left doesn't do that. They, no. they, they just won't. Um, they will keep voting for the milk toast, lukewarm, you know, Grandpa Joe, who's a center right corporate dem, who won't, who will, nothing will fundamentally change. No, it's going to be vote blue no matter who all yeah, the time. Every time. But again, if you were willing to finally let the Democrats lose, because they didn't play ball with their base, which is what they should have been doing for fucking years. Now, again, keep in mind, they never follow through on their promises. Everything that was left wing that, that Joe Biden promised, he's failed on. Yeah, that's why we're having the current uh, issue right now, which, I mean, how cool is it? Uh, Matt, we were talking about this earlier. How cool is it that the progressive wing of the DNC actually hasn't backed down yet? Fucking amazing. And again, every week that goes by that they don't budge, I'm more and more proud of them. This is what I've been wanting to see from them from day fucking one. Yes. This is what the Jimmy Dore cultists have been wanting to see from them from day fucking one. This is why there's a significant progressive wing on the left that is absolutely infuriated by AOC and the squad because they've done fucking nothing. They have towed that center-right corporate line behind Pelosi every step of the way. I am so happy to see them sticking by their guns. Yeah, Biden won't even talk about ending the filibuster when it's not like this is some time-honored thing that they want to end because the Republicans happen to be using it. Like, the filibuster rule is stupid. And for anybody who's not big on filibuster, like, the old rules, the way it used to be in the country, was in the Senate the only. Yeah, the Senate, you could filibuster. And what that was was once you had the floor, until you sat down and shut up, you had the floor. It could not be taken away from you. That's There's a very famous movie about it called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. If mm -hmm. you ever want to see how cool the filibuster used to be, that's a good example of it. And as long – and that's why you have things like Ted Cruz reading fucking Dr. Seuss and shit. He yeah. didn't even have to do that. He did that as a stunt, as a reference to that movie. Um, but basically, as long as you're able to stand and talk – you could hold the floor and it was a way to hold something up. So if some horrible, awful thing was going through, you'd get the floor, you'd start talking and you wouldn't shut up until everyone got sick of it and agreed to vote no or went home. Like that was the point of it was Wait, to outlast. You couldn't leave to go to the bathroom. You yeah. couldn't, you couldn't sit down. You had to stay standing and you had to keep talking. Yeah. So now, literally people would stand there and read a fucking book. Yeah. So, now, that's no way to run a government anyway. I don't even like that filibuster rule. I actually think that's a terrible way to govern. Um, I 
representation and, and if the wrong people are in well then it's your fault um well, hold on we kind of gl- glossed by that but i agree with you anybody that was just listening to that just stop and think for a moment you can completely halt the wheels of government you can hamstring the entire the whole process like you've just sucked with the entire process by doing nothing more than standing there and reading a book out loud and full time one out but then we made it even easier Oh yeah, the, the 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 filibuster the filibuster we're talking about now isn't that that is how yeah. it used to be a very long time ago. Yeah, a, a few decades ago we changed the law that now as long as the majority party says we're going to filibuster, yeah, right? We're filibustering. It then cannot win on a majority vote. It has to get a guys a two thirds or three quarters. I can't. I think it's two thirds. Two thirds. Yeah, it then requires a two thirds vote of the Senate to pass anything through, which if something is divisive and you're coming down to the wire on it, you're never going to get no matter how good your whip is, right? Yeah. So they made the law. So now you don't even actually have to get off your ass and do anything. As long as you hold a majority of, or not even a majority, as long as you hold, you know, more than two thirds of the Senate, you can filibuster. And that's what stops everything from going through. It's a dumb rule it's a dumb law and again even the republicans are talking about getting rid of it when obama was in office because the democrats used it it's a stupid fucking way to do things and joe biden won't even say it but talk about getting rid of it and this this guy's a senator who always said no. it was stupid and he no, but instead they want to talk about stacking the the courts that that's yeah. on the table that that they want to do they want to pat- and this is from the party who sits there and cries and whines about how much trump ruined the political normalcy and fucked up the norms, but they want to put 10 more Supreme Court justices up. And it's like, I mean, first of all, good luck getting those fuckers through the Senate. You think Joe Manchin's right. going to let that shit get approved? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. But secondly, you don't think that's going to get filibustered? <laughs> right. But beyond that, what is to stop the Republicans from putting 700 justices on when it's their turn? Like, Absolutely nothing. You're opening a Pandora's box. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing to stop them anyway. But you can at least, if you had the strength to not do it when you had that power, you can at least turn and say, no, this is not how democracy runs and possibly turn their voters against them. But if you go down that rabbit hole, you can't say shit about it. It's kind of like the, the Republicans yeah. and, and, their, and their stupid rule of like, oh, well, he's, he's leaving office soon, so we can't. Like, that was their one chance when Trump was doing it to actually say, no, we're going to stand with our convictions here. You know, we're, and at least then they would have had some, but now they don't. So no one trusts fucking Lindsey Graham or any of them. Like, no one outside the Republic. It used to be there was a lot of Democrats who would at least say, well, okay, we've got him on camera. They'll, they'll keep their word. Now yeah. there's not a single non-Republican who trusts them. They've killed that credibility. And the Democrats are about to do the same thing. And all that's going to do is open up the door for an unlimited amount of justices when the parties flip. So it's stupid. It's dumb. It's not how democracy works. It's not how you govern. But that's what the Democratic Party is. They're just the Republican Party with a coexist bumper slicker slap to them. That's all they are. <laughs> They they are they are a, a a Republican Party who is begrudgingly pro-choice. That's it. That that's the Democratic Party. It's just yeah. it, it's just what if racist Uncle Joe wasn't drunk for once? That's the Democratic Party. Yeah, because they're still racist. They're still shitty. They're still anti-gay. They're still they're still anti-people of color. Like they're still pro-fucking prison. They're still pro-war. They're still pro-imperial. A Democratic president is the one who got us our Guantanamo torture facility. A Democratic president built cages for children based on their race at the border of this country. The Democratic Party doesn't give a fuck about anyone 
who is not a corporate banking donor. Stop pretending. And Yang, who is creating this new party, the forward party, is one of them. He's selling Remember, books. He, as soon as that big mass dropout happened because everyone wanted Biden to get in, Yang was part of that. Yeah, absolutely. You don't think he's going to drop out next time it's convenient? You know, and, and the reason we're talking about this is because, in case you haven't gotten it, we believe in a multi-party system. We've said it before. We're saying it again. It needs to happen because when you have a multi-party system, they are forced to work with each other because they can't. No one party can get anything done on its own. I mean, you could make that argument now, but that's not really true because Republicans don't really ever seem to have problems getting things done on their own. It's only the Democrats. So what we've essentially gotten now is a system where there's really, while we have two parties, there's only one that's ever effective. And it's the one that's scary as shit. And guess what? The other one is consistently willing to work with it in the interest of reaching across the aisle. Yep. They will kowtow to the Republican Party every time. So it's like you want to sit here and say, well, I I keep hearing constantly, well, you know, it's better than Trump. And it's like, how? Because all they do is back up the same shit. Like the Democratic Party has no problem working with that evil you're so worried about. They capitulate to it. So what's the difference? It, you know what it is? And I joked before that like, you know, Trump has really good at branding. I think it was like the last episode episode before with the Build Back Better shit. You know, how I, I joked Democrats are terrible at branding. Well, there is one branding that they've really succeeded at. And it's painting right-wingers as the enemy of minorities and painting them as their saviors, mm-hmm. at least as far as minority communities are concerned. And, and a lot of and, and a lot of white people, too. Like, this is like a staple that they believe. And, you know, I hate right-wingers and I don't like agreeing with them at all, conservatives especially. But when, when they point out how racist Democratic leaders really are, they're not fucking wrong. No. Like, they're right. The Dems are racist as shit and nobody on the left will ever acknowledge it because they have bought this idea of the democratic savior hook, line, and sinker. And because they have bought this narrative that anyone that's on the right is going to fucking murder their families and anyone on the left is going to save them and uplift them, that is why they don't want to do it because they are are legitimately terrified about what's going to happen to them if the right-wing fascist gets elected again. And, And the thing is, is Trump didn't solve that. He only reinforced that narrative. Trump was the boogeyman they talked about for so long come to life. He was there in front of them. And now they really saw, like anybody that was doubting them before, now all of a sudden like, oh shit, they were right this whole time. You know, and unfortunately the reality is you know, there's, I mean, a miracle could happen, get me wrong, but I think the only viable path to a third, fourth, or fifth party is by letting the Dems fail. And by letting the Dems fail, you're going to let the right succeed. And when the right succeeds, you're going to get another Trump. It's inevitable. You're going to absolutely have to deal with it. And there's going to be even more suffering, even more pain. In order for this to work, everyone on the left is going to have to be like, you know what? We're going to have to weather this storm. But in the end, it'll be better because we will have control of the party again and we'll take the country back that way. But unless you're willing to take that loss for a long-term win, you're never going to do it. And in the United States, no one likes that. Nobody wants it. It's We got to win, 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 24-7, 365, always be the winner. And when we back the corporate Dems, even when we win, we still lose. Well, yeah. And, and again, that's the problem with worrying about whataboutisms and worrying about the boogeyman. 
every time. That's what it always comes down to is if you're constantly in, in fear of this, they can force you to vote for whoever. Because let me tell you something. You would have been terrified if someone told you there's a Republican candidate who's going to run next year. He's really old. He's really out of date. Uh, he's got a credible rape app, app, uh, allegation against him. He's super corporate. Um, he has railed against whistleblowers and uh, victims of sexual assault. Voted for the crime bill. Yeah, he's absolutely voted for the crime bill and refuses to back down from the party line. Um, and he's staunchly religious and ends every speech with God bless the troops. How's that Republican candidate? You'd be like, oh, shit, we got to vote him out. But that's Biden. Yeah, that we literally mm-hmm. just described Biden to is. you. That was that is Biden. That is Biden. He's an out of touch, old corporate banking Democrat with credible rape applications who's super pro-military. Decided to make two bombing runs in his first hundred days in office. And again, still hasn't closed Gitmo. We are still running a torture facility for people we rounded up for being too Muslim in Cuba. Still there. Speaking of Cuba, you know, you know who's still on the top FBI's most wanted terrorist list? Ashada, Ashada Shakur, Tupac's aunt. She's still in exile in Cuba. Most wanted terrorist by the FBI because she was with someone who shot a cop. Once. A long time ago. And at her trial proved that she did not commit that murder because the forensic evidence showed that she literally had her hands up in the air and was surrendering when she was shot uh-huh. and could not wield a firearm. But that, the facts don't matter. Come on. Yeah. Snowden, still in exile. Why is Snowden in oh, exile? Yeah. Because he's a whistleblower, but he was a whistleblower against the military. That's a fascist state. And that's what Biden is upholding. Biden makes a big stink about how the Republicans are so shitty. What's he done? about the shitty voter ID laws. He's the head of the federal government. I'm not saying a lot of people will, will support him and defend him and say, well, look, he's the president. He doesn't run the Senate. He doesn't run Congress. He's not the legislative branch. And you're right. Biden cannot snap his fingers and make laws. You know what he can do, though? He can fucking write them. He can propose them. He can hand them to Pelosi and say, push this through. Let it fail. I don't care. We're putting it through. He could go on TV every fucking night and have a sit down. You know, that was one of FDR's greatest things. Yeah. He needed support. He was like, I am old, I am rich, and I'm trying to get everyone's first and second born sons killed. This is not a popular place right now. And everyone's afraid I'm going to die because I'm in a wheelchair and I have polio and, and, and having strokes. You know, <laughs> to be fair, FDR was a weak candidate. So what did he do? He got American people on his side. He sat down every, every fucking week and he had a fireside chat with everyone. Y'all remember high school history. This is one of the few things they didn't lie to you about. He sat down and told everyone what the fuck was going on. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what's happening. Here's how I'm trying to help us. I need your support. This is what I have planned. This is what I'm trying to push through. Talk. To, if you agree with me, call your fucking congressman. Like, that's what he did. Was He, he talked to people. What's Biden do? He walks up and goes, oh, well, everything's good and great. Bill, I better buy And he runs away. Well, and I think what that actually turned into is, is the White House pref- press briefings. It did. Uh, but he doesn't hold them. No, and that's the thing is White House press briefings are not the same thing. No, he could because Reagan did that a lot. Actually, Reagan called a lot of press conferences in his Oval Office where he would address the nation. And that yeah. is what Biden should be doing. Why isn't he saying, hey, um, this is terrible. This voter suppression. Uh, this is not popular. Um, 
It's terrible. It's anti-constitutional. It's anti-American. It's anti-democracy. Um, I'm going to put a stop to it, and I'm going to put this bill through. Call your senators, and if they don't vote for it, vote them out. And he should sit there and have that talk with us. Oh my God, Texas is abortion rules. Why isn't he on the? Why isn't he on network television talking about this to us? Because he's a Catholic who might get excommunicated the moment he speaks up any more than he already has. Good, right? If you're, that, if that's you're, exactly why. If your religion and God say that women are nothing but incubation factories and don't have a right to decide whether or not they bring a life into the world, then fuck your God and fuck your religion. 100%. I'm sorry, it's not an excuse. I don't give a shit. Biden is the president of the United States. I don't care what his religion is. If you're going to be better than the ultra-conservative Christian right wing, and, and, and if you're going to say you're better than Mike Pence, who says I'm a Christian first and American second, then walk the walk. Defend women's rights. Defend the Supreme Court and the Constitution. Sit down and say, this is what's going on. This is a problem. More than 65% of Americans think Roe v. Wade is good. The country's on your side. This is such an easy win. It'd be like him going out and be like, who likes hot dogs? You know, this is such an easy fucking way to go. And he just won't do it. He's such a spineless, capitulating coward. And that's not because Biden happens to be a spineless. It's because he's a Democrat. It's part yeah. of the role. If you're going to be a fascist asshole, you're probably going to be a Republican. If you're going to be a spineless coward who capitulates to fascist assholes, you're going to be a Democrat. Yep. And that's why we need a third, fourth, fifth, sixth party. Yeah. We These need a labor party need, is what yeah, we really need. 100%. These parties need to be hamstrung. They need their hands tied. They have way too much power. They wield way too much political influence. And until we can start breaking up these party support so that other parties have to be worked with in order to get the agenda done, it's not going to happen. And, and again, this is one of those few times where I'll say the same thing to right wingers. You know what? If you guys want something done, if, you, if for those of you that are on the Lincoln party, but think Dems are too liberal, form your own fucking party. Take your party back. If you really think you're what conservative values should be, if you really think that Trump is a scary fascist dictator who doesn't represent the right, take the take the right back. We're trying to do it for the left. You do it for the right. Split these parties up. And then we can start weeding out these fucking Nazi asshats and weak-willed pansies and actually take this country back for people that belong. What about the Republicans, though? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's how it is, and that's where we're at. And don't get this twisted. What we're talking about doing is the solution. It's not what Andrew Yang is doing. Do not get no. sucked up into this. He is not here to save the day. Andrew Yang is here to line his pockets. He's a crook. He's a charlatan, and he's here to take your fucking money. He wants you to buy his fucking book. That is all this is. This is a book tour. So yes. Get behind the ideas of having more parties. Get the high. Get behind the ideas of open primaries. My God, why are primaries not open? It's so stupid. Yeah. Let's do that. And, and again, ranked choice voting is an amazing thing. Like we need to get in behind that. Like for those of you that don't know how this, what this is, you get to vote for more than one person, and the person that gets the most votes overall is the one that wins. Imagine how that would work. Or even open primaries. It's a primary election where it doesn't matter what political party you are, you're allowed to vote for any candidate. Do both parties yeah. have closed? I thought I yes, thought both parties Republicans have closed. had open nope. primaries. Nope. No? Nope. Yeah. Where did I get that what, uh, you might be thinking is Republicans' primary process is far more Democratic than Democrats. That might yeah. be it. Yeah. The Republicans' primary process is – that's how Trump won because the party sure as fuck didn't want him. They wanted Bush, um, and he got the most votes, and that's just – That's, that's what the, it was. That's yeah, the yeah. rules. 
the yeah. Democratic Party is whoever the fuck the party wants. Like, you'll yeah. vote all you want. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. They wanted Hillary. They're going to get Hillary. It doesn't matter who yep. wins. Yeah. They did the same thing to Wallace, you know, fucking 80 years ago. That's just what the Democratic Party does. They do yeah. not actually have Democratic rules for their primary. The Republican Party actually has far more of a fair process. Well, here, let me ask you both, because I did my little spiel on on why I think the arguments against third party are It was are a good ridiculous. size spiel. Yeah, well, but what Got do you guys think? I mean, Nothing do you, to be ashamed do you, of. No, do you guys agree? Like, I mean, do you have anything to add on top of it? I mean, no, I know you're absolutely think those arguments are horseshit, Chris. Uh, Kay, what do you, where are you at on this? Because I don't think we've ever had this conversation in person before um, about third parties. I know I have with Chris, but I don't think I have with you, Kay. Uh, I think third parties are great. The problem that we have is, I, I don't know if it's vote blue no matter who. I, I know that that happens an awful lot. I think that we need to stop thinking about voting against one person and start voting for who we want more than anything. Yeah. The vote blue, no matter who you can't do that, but you need to start voting for who you actually want to be elected, not voting against the person you don't want to be elected. And that's why we get so many people that end up voting blue, no matter who is because they're so afraid of the other guy. It happened with with Trump this last election. People weren't voting against or weren't voting for uh, Joe Biden. They were voting against mm-hmm. Donald Trump. They yeah. weren't voting to get him out. And that's how it is every election cycle. It is. Yeah. It is how it is every election cycle. So in terms of having lots of different candidates and parties and things like that, Bring it on. But we have to start with the legislation that actually lets things like uh, ranked choice voting happen. And until we start to see those things on uh, ballots and start actually going into effect in states, it's going to be an uphill battle to get a third, a fourth, a fifth, and so on uh, parties actually out there and being something that uh, is viable. Yeah. And and here's the best part about this. When you don't vote for people like Joe Biden and people like Joe Biden win, you get to claim you you get to stand by proud that you didn't vote for fucking Joe Biden. I like, didn't. I neither did I. Like <laughs> we didn't and guess what? Because we didn't have to. We weren't mm-hmm. we weren't locked into this weird, you know, Sophie's choice. We didn't have to make a choose a choice between a kick in the nuts or a stick up your ass. Like this idea it's a false choice that you're being given. You know, just because the person you vote for isn't the one that's gonna win doesn't mean you have to vote for somebody you don't like. Well, it's voting for the lesser of two evils always. Which is still evil. Instead of voting for the guy who you really want to win. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I talk about um, how much I'm not even a big fan of democracy, and I practice more democracy than um, than any liberal does because I actually vote my conscience. Yeah, I, I actually I actually vote my conscience, and that's how you're supposed to do it. That's how the system's supposed to be. That's why a parliamentary system of multiple parties works really well. Yeah. It's because everyone can vote their conscience, and it becomes far more representative of the body politic, not two mobs. And that's what we have right now. We are living in George Washington's nightmare. I mean, not just black people being free. Also the party system. We're we're living in Washington's fucking nightmare. That's exactly what he warned us about. So anyway, (laughs) what's getting warned about in our mailbag, man? 
What's in the sack, Matt? Actually had a user, uh, uh, I'm not going to use his last name. First name is Brian. He actually wanted to know because he's Brian McBrian face is the name actually. Yeah, Brian McBrian face. I'm going to go ahead and dox him. It's Brian McBrian face. Everybody find him. Yeah. So sorry, commenter who, who wanted to, cause he's heard you mention this thing. He said, I've heard Chris mentioned several times that he isn't a fan of democracy. Oh, I'm curious what he means by this. What system will be better? Does he have any alternatives? Why doesn't he like democracy? What does he propose that would be better than what we currently have? A dictatorship of the proletariat. That is the short answer. Um, you got to remember, I'm a communist, uh, so therefore I don't believe in democracy. Um, democracy, uh, I forgot who said this. It's a beautiful quote. I've always liked it. Democracy is the science of finding out which group will make the other group slaves. I do not believe in a majority rule um, because the majority of this country is white. End of story. We, we, we had chattel slavery that we couldn't get rid of because of majority rule. Um, majority rule doesn't help at all. Voting is good locally. I, I'm not saying I'm anti-vote. I'm saying I'm anti-democracy. And here's the reason why. Voting is good. Voting should always be done at a local level. How are you going to get your representative in your union? How are you going to get your representative in your workplace? How are you going to be represented at the city level, the state level? Like, I do believe in elections and voting for representation. What I don't believe is mass amounts of people on a federal scale deciding the rights and privileges of others. I believe in a guaranteed right system, a representative republic at best. And even that I'm not a giant fan of. I absolutely agree in a dictatorship of the proletariat. That is how it should be. And then the people united under a single workers party will decide who represents them and will vote for those people. But to have to have this this party system is where is the issue. We need uh, when we're talking about things like open primaries and multi parties. This could all be done if you actually get rid of the par- primary system. Imagine if you simply had grassroots people at the local level moving up through representative ranks. And again, that gets done regionally. So that's why I'm not a big fan of democracy because democracy is simply a majority rule and fuck everyone else. And if you're going to have guarantee, like the constitution is actually a bit undemocratic in itself. You know, the Greeks didn't have a constitution. Hell, they didn't have codified law. That's how Socrates was fucking killed because he just didn't, you know, people had an assumption that he didn't like God enough. Like that's it. Um, So if you don't have codified laws, if you don't have guaranteed rights, if you don't have direct and promised social contracts for the rights of all individuals, even if they're in the minority, democracy always runs into majority enslaving the minority. And I do not like that. Or the ultra-wealthy and powerful minority convincing a majority to enslave another minority, which is American History 101. Yep. All right. Well, Brian, thank you very much, listener Brian, for uh, asking that question. And if you disagree, hit us up. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Absolutely. Or if you agree, I've got literature for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. The next one. Oh, man. You're you're like a communist preacher. (laughs) Have you heard the gospel according to St. Mark's? (laughs) St. Mark's. I love it. (laughs) Yes. The holy time of uh, December. If you kids like the color red and jolly men with beards and the redistribution of things, have I got a book for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the next one on the list, Uh, going back to uh, Pelosi and the progressives, you know, we put up that poll last week. Uh, People did vote. Zero stars. 
No, actually, we got we got hits. Um, oh no, that was my rating on Pelosi. Oh yeah, yeah, zero stars. <laughs> it was it was about like who would cave. So basically, the options I gave were they're going to compromise. I'm not sure the progressives will cave or Pelosi will cave. And there was like two votes for not sure, and everyone else was dead even split between Pelosi caving and the progressives caving. So you know, it doesn't look like it's completely you know settled here. A lot of people think seem to, seem to still hold out hope for the progressives. It, it sounds like, like the, the the poll is going about the way of the the party. Yeah, right? <laughs> deadlocked. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thanks to everyone that responded to that. I've, I'm really enjoying these polls that we're doing. I'm going to try to do one every week. I've actually already kind of gotten ahead of this poll. So I posted something up there asking both Republicans and Democrats. This is the next thing I wanted to talk about in the mailbag. Both Republicans and Democrats, why you vote, why you do. Because uh, I'm genuinely curious. I actually want to know both sides. I don't think this is necessarily a partisan question. Now, the options I gave, Twitter only allows for four. So it's like, Option one is closest to what I believe. Option two is my parents did it. Option three is out of habit. And option four is I don't know. Definitely, oh, you, vote. you should have made one of the options. I don't want to vote for the other party. Oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Redo uh, it. Yeah, I might redo it. I, I might actually go ahead and redo it. But yeah. I want to know. I actually am curious. Uh, and this this goes even uh, farther for those few of you that are independents. Why do you vote for the R or the D? Give us the reason because I really want to know. I want to understand. I, I'd like to get some. If there's anybody out there that's got an answer other than, well, to stop the other guy or there's no other viable option, I don't want to hear those answers. Yeah, but we need to put it on the poll because I guarantee that's going to be a leading reason why. I will. I'll put it up there, but I want some more nuance in that. I will will bet that the majority of the answers will be to stop the other guy. And this isn't to talk shit about anybody. And we want nuance, but I I don't think a high level of nuance exists in it. Most people vote for their party and they do so gritting through their teeth. They do it because I don't fucking want the other one to win. Um, And they're not happy about it. There's not a lot of nuance in that one. It's just like, I don't like this, but I like it better than that asshole. I don't want that conservative asshole to win. (laughs) Oh, well, I better stop voting Democrat. Yeah. So give us your answers. I really want to know. I'm not here. And if you're a right winger answer, I'm not here to trash you, so to speak. But, I, you know, when you see this poll and if you listen to this part of the podcast, thanks for staying with us this long. And I really want you to think about this answer because this is kind of what hit me when I, when I changed my registration from Democrat to independent is I, I had to think why I was constantly voting for Democrats. Now, my go to line was always, well, they, they, they the most closest represent what I believe in. Not really true anymore. I think I said this last week too, that, that really have gone away. This I continue to vote for them because that majority of the representatives that we get, at least locally, that agree with me are Democrat. I'm talking locally, not you know, you know, nationally. Yeah. But I guarantee you, if there was a progressive candidate that run, and that we've gotten a few of them, we interviewed Phil Loose way back when. He was a total progressive. He ran as a Democrat, but he definitely did not align with with the corporate Dems that uh, are running the the party right now. Right? Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm voting for. I'm voting for the people that have my ideals. I'm not voting for the D or the R or whatever have you. I'm voting for the people that I think are going to represent me the best. And I think everybody, when you vote, you need to start voting that way. If if it still turns out the person that you're voting for is an R or D, well, then, okay, great. At least you get to say you're voting your conscience. 
But if they aren't, maybe you should start looking at those other candidates because while you do get a lot of joke ones like fucking uh, Roseanne Barr and... Which blows me away that she was part of the Peace and Freedom Party because they're socialists. And now she's an outright Trumpster. And it's just like, I don't know if she flipped or... You know, she was just looking for anyone who was willing to put up with her shit. <laughs> I, I think it was, I think it was totally whoever, whoever's ticket she could get on. You think so? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, she's a trash person. It was, it was, a, it was a publicity move. She was looking for any party that would allow her to put them on her ticket. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's other ones out there. I mean, there's there. If you guys haven't heard, there's a great candidate who runs almost every cycle. Oh God, well, what's her name? Ran in the the, the governor election here. Uh, uh, fucking Jenner. No, Vermin Supreme. Oh, Vermin Supreme's terrific. I love yeah, Vermin Supreme. Yeah, Vermin I mean, Supreme. Brother. He's not American. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get him. Vermin Supreme is a jokester because he thinks that European elections are too much like ours. Yeah. But there's uh, there are but there's a lot of really good third party candidates. Again, uh, you know, I vote Gloria Lariva, even though I know she's not winning. I don't care. Gloria Lariva is an actual socialist who cares about people and runs on things like student loan forgiveness, UBI, worker protection, you know, things social safety nets, healthcare for all. These are her policies an end to an end to countless imperials war. That's what she runs on. And so that's what I vote for. And it doesn't matter if she's going to win the election or not, because she'll never win the election if we don't stop fucking voting against our conscience. Who cares if you lose? It's okay to lose. I would much rather burn doing the right thing than win with a fascist conservative piece of shit. And it's like anybody who voted for Trump or voted for Biden because they didn't want Trump. It's like, take a good hard look at him. There you go. Yay. Do you feel really good about it? Because some people do. I have been seeing commentators on Twitter like, oh, three cheers for our great president. Pack the courts. Yay. Harris, Biden. It's like, eh, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of DNC cheerleaders. There are plenty of do-nothing liberals who exist in white privilege. But most of us don't. Most people voted for him because they didn't want Trump. And it's like, if you don't feel good about that, if you look at him in the White House, and you don't go, yeah, that's my dude. Stop voting for people. Who Which, you don't by have the way, poll numbers say that's the majority of America. The dude's at thirty-eight percent right now. He, he actually just jumped up this week. Oh, that, that was that was a big news article that he dropped. But now he's almost he's close. He's almost back up to to half. It was a short term. But the thing is, it, that's the thing. It's like there's no presidents who have massive approval ratings anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the best. Again, if you look at who you're voting, if you're not pumped about voting for that person, if you're not like, yes, this person, this person is going to make things a hell of a lot better. They're going to be awesome. Then why are you voting for them? Why are you voting for someone you don't think is awesome? What the fuck is that? Yeah. Like you don't fix anything by voting for the same thing over and over again. Like that, that's not how you make change. Tell me, I don't believe in democracy. If you vote for someone you don't believe in, you're the one who doesn't fucking believe in democracy. So, and then let's, let's cap this off with uh, the, uh, the latest. So we got a right winger to actually give us a review and not just leave a, a one star and say nothing. We got a right winger to actually give us a review on iTunes. And it was everything that we hoped it would be. <laughs> well, it was, it was something. Yeah. anyway. Spoiler alert, he didn't write anything insightful or <laughs> nuanced or give any facts. So what we got is from 
a user named Elvin Martin. It reads like an actual name, but that can't be anybody's real name unless the user's like 80, but in which case, how's he leaving iTunes reviews? Who knows? Uh, who knows? No, I, I think that's a real name. So the user, the dude gives us one star. It is very clear from this guy that he has never listened to a single episode. He saw no. something called the alt left podcast and responded to the title of the podcast. Absolutely. So, so here's this, this intro. Quote. Yeah. So you, you get a little intro, you get a little quote that you can leave when you're leaving a thing. It's kind of like a little, a short description. It's, it's the title for your review. Oh, there you go. The title of his review is in quotes, fair and balanced, which I love right off the bat because that's Fox News's tagline. So why it's the title of a comment to an alt left podcast. I have. Well, and I, I think we're pretty fair and balanced. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, that's my fair and balanced. Like, <laughs> at what point did we ever? It, 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 it's become a popular meme. I haven't thought this term up, but like, you know, when I hear there's that you know that meme of you know or with tolerant left, like this ain't the tolerant left. They're over there. Yeah, you see, it's like fair and balanced. Left. Yeah, fair balance. <laughs> this is not fair and balanced. Yeah, Fox News. We're not. We, we never advertise being fair and balanced. Yeah, social social justice. I'm a social justice barbarian. I want to line up these fascists against the wall. Like, I'm not. It's yeah. fair. What the fuck is fair and balanced? That's not us at all. So no, this person is absolutely they cruised through they saw our title and, and immediately decided to poop on it which i think is great but it gets better chris what, what, it gets better you say, ready, yeah you ready for this yep. the alt right and the alt left have a lot in common period both seem to think that fascism is good as long as they are the only ones who get to do it when all else fails horseshoe theory right all you would have to do is listen to like like you could pick a random episode in any of, of the 46 that we've done and listen to it. And you would know right away that if there's one thing we are against, it is fascism. Matt, uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, conservatives don't know what fascism is. They know that the left doesn't like fascism. And so they call them fascists. Yeah. They think wearing a mask is fascism. Yeah. What is he actually trying to say here? He's not. He's, he's, he's right. And the alt left have a lot in common. Yeah. Both seem to think fascism is good. Yeah. When does the has the left ever thought that fascism was good? They, they haven't. That's what I'm just saying. Is the right doesn't yeah. know what fascism means. They throw it around as an insult. Which is actually a good one to, to, to latch on to. So the big thing that the big point where this comes from is Antifa, right? So Oh, the real fascists. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Antifa. Again, I'm, I'm, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you don't know this, but for those who don't know, Antifa is a loose collection of individuals or groups of people that are get, that are anti-fascist. That is where Antifa comes from. They're literally there. You are if you are anti-fascist, you are Antifa. Period. Come, that, that, come with me to a rally. Yeah, that's literally the, the 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 qualifier. That's it. Like, it's the same way that all you have to do is not believe in a deity to be an atheist. It, it's literally that simple. There's no other requirements to join in the club. It's that simple. But because certain Antifa groups have been involved in these public de destructions of private property, <gasps> which are real violence, which we have come out and said we are doing this because we're tired of cops killing people. We need we need to lower the temperature. Yeah. I'm fine with I'm fine with with racist prisons and torture facilities, but I draw the line at windows breaking. Right. <laughs> but what right wingers have done is they have gone and they've Googled the dictionary definition of fascism and a single line in a multi descriptive paragraph of what fascism is says using force to achieve your means. It, it's, that's the line. 
And because Antifa is by definition using a force to achieve their means, they have labeled Antifa fascists. Hey, guess who else uses force to achieve their ends? The, the cops and the military. Government. Like, yeah, again, the police and the military. Like the things you love. If you're gonna pick out one line from a big definition and use that to apply the definition so vaguely, then we're gonna do it everywhere. The United States military, fascist. U.S. government, fascist. Police, fascist. I mean, you're not wrong though. <laughs> but because the again, actually, the yeah. actual what what fascism actually is is ultra nationalism that typically is also racist and rooted in white supremacy and uses force to intimidate and force together a political belief system. Again, that is ultra nationalist. Mm-hmm. That is the police. That is the military. So that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, the right wingers actually get this point. You also accidentally <laughs> labeled them correctly in mocking. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so that's why I always find this funny because like the, the two go-to things that I hear whenever I'm engaging online. And Chris, I think you've seen this. You've been much more active lately on our social media. So I'm sure you've seen this too. It's like there's two things they always go for. One, we're the real fascists or real racists. That, that that's That's the the the, the those two things come up and you're unemployed hippies yeah <laughs> oh yeah and and we're unemployed that is always that always make, just makes me laugh and it's usually in a response to something we're commenting on somebody else's uh twitter or post or something like that it's like somebody says something we'll make a comment you know doing our spiels about you know workers rights and things like that and somebody else will come in oh you're just a bunch of loser hippies without jobs yeah, and and they'll usually yeah, take the time it. to comment on Twitter about that we're unemployed, do nothings because we have time to be on Twitter, which is what they're doing. <laughs> Not realizing that there are two, usually, and Chris and I have been doing this a lot. We've been tag teaming these, so both of us are responding to these at different times of the day, like when we're on our lunch break or something like that. Meanwhile, there's like good, like there's sometimes hours of time where we're not responding. Every time we have a response within five minutes, this person responds. Yep. But we're the ones that have nothing going on in our lives. Like, makes you me must laugh. be unemployed and you must be a hippie. Well, if you're on Twitter. We are clearly unemployed fascist racist hippies, guys. That That is all that the, the left is. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. So we did get one more update from our from our boy Stoffer. Hey, guys. Just catching up on Monday's episode. I don't have any big updates or long stories this time. Just wanted to say I loved Kay's response to me being a former Pentecostal. Quote, oh, God. I laughed at that <laughs> in my day. <laughs> that one's for you, Kay. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's my response when anybody tells me that they were a Pentecostal. I think it's a I think it's a safe response. It's an apt response, sir. It is an apt response. But that's that ends my mailbag. Thank you as always, Stuffy. Uh love your love your uh love it whenever you write in, brother. So anyway, much like Andrew Yang, we're gonna go ahead and write the last chapter and yeet out of here while it gets convenient. Thank you for being here with us for it. And uh we will be here next week as always to shove our agenda our unemployed hippie agenda down your ear holes and show you that we're the real fascists. Join us next week. And until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Remember that we're the real fascists and the revolution is you.